0: it's it's just pure yeah just pure bliss it's pure escape i mean it's overrated like it's overrated the way people describe it but it's basically probably the only time my brain sort of just shuts off and i'm in just the moment you know um it's similar to like i used to be a really good skier right and it's like when you're in that i guess flow state or whatever you want to call it you know when your your adrenaline's going you know that you're responsible for that moment like you know there's consequences if you screw up you understand all that but that's also what makes it so uh engaging and so cool you know it's not like a roller coaster it's it's legit dangerous you could you could die and then i think there's an appeal to that you know um a very primal sort of you know survival state and yeah i love it (laughs)
1: Yeah. Awesome. Nikita, (laughs) thank you for being here. This has been a a, a bit in the making, which I'm I'm really excited. We got a chance to meet in person at SEMA last year, which is great. Got to see your creation that you and your brother put together, the half 11 in person, which is really cool. And I got to see it in a a more complete state with the, you had the top on, which was really cool. Yeah. But um, yeah, we've been existing in the same space for quite some time now and it kind of gets gets smaller in the amount of people that are involved when you start getting to this certain level you know and it's been really cool to see what you guys have built and, and look at it from afar and like hear people from different worlds talking about you guys without me knowing <laughs> that I'm familiar with you all and that's been really cool too so yeah and it sounds like you had quite a crazy journey too like it was fun to hear you on Matt Farah's podcast and what you guys have been through you and your brother and your career and all that stuff i'd love to get into that but first and foremost i just stoked that you're here and thank you for taking the time to be here
0: yeah i mean like you said it's been a long time coming uh yeah meeting last year that sounds weird because we're just a few days into 24 but uh yeah um <laughs> no totally uh it was great running into each other obviously huge fan of your work uh, forever and ever um don't know why it took so long to meet but yeah stoked that it happened
1: <laughs> yeah I, I think it takes a long time because we're both i mean i would say that for myself it's like we're so selfishly absorbed with what we're doing the task at hand takes so much energy that <laughs> it's like there's little there's i don't know it's like there's a little room for other things you know when you're completely obsessed that's at least how it is for me that's my justification which is not good but <laughs> i <yeah>. totally
0: agree <laughs> Totally agree. i yeah. figured you would yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're I, actually, I you are actually go ahead i was just gonna say where you're also just having so much fun doing you know what you want to do it's like it's kind of hard to like go drive somewhere meet somebody it's like no man i'm having so much fun creating i love it
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah because we're not that far apart but we're far enough to it's like okay that's there's my day you know so i gotta be like okay i'm gonna do this (laughs) which is uh also which is you know it's a good thing though which is Um, But I'm really stoked that there's things like SEMA that brings a lot of us together and it was so fun to see a bunch of old friends. I haven't seen Brian Scotto in a long time and um, all those guys, wonderful people and got to see you. And obviously we all had a good time showcasing the Z, which was really fun. So Mm -hmm. yeah, but yeah, I always, I think this is something you'll get a kick out. I always say when you're the drug and the drug dealer, things get interesting. And <laughs> and I look at this as a drug, it really truly is like making, creating, doing things, like you're constantly dumping dopamine into your system and you're just stimulating yourself and yeah. <laughs> Been doing it since a kid. Yeah.
0: Yes, yeah. When you're working with the right people, the right project, there's there's nothing better. And then obviously if you have some bad clients or bad job or whatever, then yeah, it can it's not not as much dopamine. But yeah. Yeah, SEMO's really <laughs> cool, man female was cool was it your first time was your first uh, no story? i've
1: been there uh i went once before and that's okay. when i met ken and that was like it was really cool to just go as like a normal person you know like mm-hmm. there's it was just and nobody really knew who i was which is also really fun and it was just kind of cool nice. like just to see friends and and just kind of cruise around through it just kind of incognito and see the cars and stuff so nice. yeah nice. but have you been have you been before No, that was my first time. So, yeah, that entire
0: week was crazy. Yeah, that that
1: is (laughs) because you drove the half 11 out there, right? Didn't you? Uh, Well, we 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 trailered it out there
0: and then, yeah, it spent uh, spent a week at a Porsche dealer as well. And then the week after we had the Concorde Elegant. So, yeah, the half Mm -hmm. 11 was out there for for a few weeks. Couple yeah, of wild
1: weeds, so cool. <laughs> It would just be really just insane to drive that that far. Is that why? But you've driven across the country, though, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just so it's not
0: something you want to do. And like the car gets dirty, and then you got to clean it. And you know, true. We did it once. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> how many times i gotta clean this thing yeah. yeah exactly well if you ever need somebody to drive it really far, far distances just let me know yeah <laughs> sign Follow me up there. i'll put some Follow head uh, some headphones on of for course. people that aren't aware of who you are what you do can you explain who you are what you do because i find you to be a very intriguing individual and, and kind of <laughs> hard to just say you're this thing i don't think i think you're one of those special people that ha- wear many hats and do many things.
0: Oh geez, um, that's a loaded question. What do I do? Um, well, I uh, <laughs> I was at one point a kid who wanted to be a car designer. Um, and uh, yeah, at fourteen, basically dropped out of high school and chased that dream. Uh, moved to Italy, uh, then moved to California, and then yeah, was lucky enough to, I guess, get that job. Uh, and so for ten years or so, I was a I was a car designer for the big car companies. Um, And then working with some small startups, Um, my brother and I have slightly different skill sets. My side is a little bit more on branding strategy, um, sort of future vision development. So a little bit, let's say, theoretical, not so much pragmatic. Uh, My brother, on the other hand, uh, for people that don't know, I'm a twin. Um, So, yeah, my my twin brother, Ilya, uh, he's got a lot more production experience. So like real production cars, you know, stuff that's built on a factory, um, cars on the road. So a little bit more real world. Um, But for me, yeah, it was very much like working on cars with no steering wheels and things with wings and, you know, very much advanced design programs, you know, 15 to 30 years into the future. Um, So, you know, you're kind of guiding a company to hopefully invest in the right technologies, the right materials, the right product types, right business models as well because you know there's always this fear oh we'll never own cars anymore and like you know that was a that was a trend for a bit um so yeah i did that for 10 years and then basically kind of got tired of the corporate world let's say and uh my brother and i uh he still works corporately um but we started oil stain lab together um and it was Originally a design consultancy um, where we worked for sort of freelance clients and stuff. And then um, eventually it's now grown into sort of a a boutique car company. And uh, as anyone who works for themselves or, or has their own company, you know that, yeah, like you said, you wear every hat. So, yeah, my days today are filled with marketing, advertising, engineering, websites, fundraising, everything. So, yes, taxes. many many hats, <laughs> taxes. Yes, contracts, NDAs. Holy crap, so many contracts.
1: <laughs> so many contracts, especially with this yeah. stuff. It get there's so much money and in capital investing and, and things involved with it that, and it takes such a, a large amount of energy, and so much time to actually execute because all the pieces need to be moving at the same speed at, mm-hmm. at with a, with inertia, which is capital. <laughs> Yeah, yes. it takes a lot. Yeah. <laughs> you summed up a lot of things. I took I was taking notes and I'm going to come back to some of these things. We should maybe come back to this 14-year-old version of yourself. <laughs> and I love it because it's it's fantastic. Let's also talk about where you were in the in the world at the time. Where where were you raised? Where did you okay. grow up?
0: Yeah, yeah. So, I was born in You're Ukraine. Originally. Yeah, born in Ukraine and then mm. my parents moved to Canada um, with very little money and uh, yeah, made a new start. Basically. I think I was about three years old and we moved to the East coast of Canada, um, Halifax, Nova Scotia. And uh, yeah, cute, cute little town, uh, Northeast of Boston. If, if, you know, a little more geographic there Um, population, 300,000, very rural, uh, no car culture, no design, really culture. Um, and yeah, grew up there playing sports, hockey, just being like super normal kid. Um, you and your brother both a...
1: played hockey, or you guys have some separate? Yeah, yeah. No,
0: no, we're like clones. We're we're like shadows. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> with twins, it's interesting because it's like some twins hate each other, and yeah. some twins are inseparable. And uh, you know, I guess we've been lucky that yeah, it's we joke we're enablers of bad ideas because we, we kind of think the same, we kind of agree on a lot of things. So it's like if one guy has a bad idea, we're like,
1: yeah, no, seems like a good idea to me. Um, <laughs> I love so that, enablers. You're never alone, you're never alone. <laughs> Strength in numbers. That. That's so cool, yeah. It's um, a real like concept for those that don't have or don't have a, a second version of yourself in, in, in a sense genetically <laughs> like wow yeah that's really cool. yeah, yeah. very very lucky okay, so to basically, yeah have oh, a wingman let's say
0: um, yeah
1: good and bad which is good i mean yeah. <laughs> yeah you know having somebody feed your bad ideas can sometimes be a really good idea <laughs> right, exactly yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> especially for what you guys are doing you got to have a lot of uh, inspiration behind bad ideas in order to be like, Yeah, this this is a bad idea. So bad it's good. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And when there's two, you have the confidence. You're like, I think we can pull this yeah. off. We just might pull this off.
1: Yeah, you think <laughs> we can? Yeah, we can. All right, let's keep going. Okay, cool. Exactly. <laughs> You're like, why did we get ourselves in this hole? You you was you, no it was you <laughs> Okay, uh, it was us. <laughs> team so you guys grew up, had a, just kind of a normal life. Um, outside of so he grew up growing up in canada mm-hmm. canada rural canada super beautiful safe very contained yeah yep. calm yep. chill yeah totally vanilla. i would
0: i would describe it as very sheltered yeah um Whoa. parents would not did not really approve of cars in any way shape or form um we we,
1: we had <laughs> the car that? bug
0: early. uh oh, okay it's 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 an interesting thing. There's like a funny story. If you go way 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 back, I think we must have been like twelve or something, and we were convinced that we could build a car. I think it was like some sort of a kit car, and that we could you know build the car. We'd learn about all the systems, and then we could flip the car and make some like profit or whatever, or at least break even, you know. And we created this model. We priced everything out, and we like showed it to my parents, and they were like, hell what, age no. we? what,
1: like we, 12, "What age are we? Like twelve? Something like twelve? Oh, hell yeah." Good age right there.
0: So, you know, full business model, like costs, everything's written out, Excel sheeted out. Um, Dude,
1: you've been doing the (laughs) same thing for so long.
0: Apparently. 12?
1: (laughs) Apparently. (laughs) Um, Wow. Yeah. So, H 12, you guys designed, built out a a schematic of engineering? Is that somewhat? No, no. We just wanted to, like
0: like, a kit car you know, like a replica of, of something. So it's like a kit you buy, you buy the pieces you assemble it like a Lego kit. Then in theory you have a running car. And then the idea was to sell it, you know, after, Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, parents said no, no to that idea. Like you guys are, are insane. Like there's no way we're going to let our precious little kids play with cars and no, absolutely not. (laughs) And here's a bunch of lawyer books, be a lawyer basically. Um, (laughs) <laughs> so yeah your parents was, wanted
1: you guys to become lawyers that was the trajectory the trajectory
0: yeah i mean wow. i think we were we were pretty book smart i would say both my parents have phds uh, my mom mm-hmm. is a like a phd in wave theory uh dad has a phd in business so um needless to say our academic wow. accomplishments are uh i guess what a source of uh embarrassment i would say in our family
1: (laughs) is it just you two you you and Ilya? yeah you have other siblings no no just the two okay wave theory (laughs) what's wave theory
0: uh you know it's way way too advanced for me um but basically (laughs) like vibrations and stuff like that um i remember her taking us to her either workplace or where she was doing the PhD. And then they had like a giant pool and they would like pull things through it and see what the waves did. Um, but I think it's mostly frequencies, mm-hmm. vibrations. It's like an engineering thing. Um, she got wow. pulled into one project where the Canadian army was having like Chinook problems, the helicopters with the two rotors, mm-hmm. the Chinooks. Yeah. Um, and she was pulled in, I guess, to like try and help, figure out what was happening why these things were just falling out of the sky so oh she uh she was part of that and they, they made her do like helicopter training so like i don't know she's probably like 45 at the time or something 40 and they like put her upside down in a helicopter fuselage into a dunk tank you know like oh, full-on wow. survival training so
1: yeah because yeah. you have to yeah yeah so yeah that's so cool that's also really interesting because, yeah, I guess there is, like, there's concepts in the wavelengths of sound and vibrations and all that kind of stuff that she could be oh, did they figure out why it was not working? The I tank. guess.
0: They keep flying them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so your mom was involved with that. She just came home with <laughs> age like, yeah, I figured that out. I helped him out. <laughs> yeah, easy. Now eat your vegetables and, and read this book on lawyers. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. And your dad's in business, so that's cool. I mean, that makes sense too. That kind of helps because you guys, it sounds like most artists, I feel, like myself included, we it takes so much cognitive energy and the essence of yourself to just do the art that business is like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that tomorrow. And it always just gets thrown in the closet. And then you're just like, why am I a starving artist? Why why am I eating ramen at age 40? Uh, and then, yeah, yes. so having a business sense. Sounds like you guys really grasp and understand that side of things too. Um, and that is like, do you think that comes from your dad's influence potentially?
0: Um, I mean, not so much. I think they they kind of left us alone on that. I would say we were very ill prepared because uh, I moved to California at seventeen and I had no, basically, no money, no bank account, no credit card, had no idea what the credit system was, and they kind of just like at least. dumped us. No, no citizenship, Canadian citizenship, and that <laughs> that was like it. And they they
1: like threw us in the deep end. They're like, go swim. <laughs> so yeah i kind that, of love that though too they figured i mean they know that you guys would figure it out though resource yeah enough. but it, yeah. it was like it was such a shock like even just
0: trying to go get a cell phone and people are like uh you're gonna have to put a 500 hundred dollar deposit down to get a cell phone i was like what <laughs> i don't have any money and i need 500 <laughs> <That was laughs> dollars
1: oh so, man Okay. Yeah, we've bounced all over the place. We need to go back to the childhood. So you're okay. <laughs> this is normal with this podcast too, and everybody is listening knows this is it's very tangential. So you're rural, and your parents, your mom does some wild wave theory. That's her study, mm-hmm. and your dad's into business. They want you to be lawyers. Then we we went off of tangent. But you and your brother at age twelve proposed building a kit car and then turning that for a profit
0: correct yeah so we had this this idea um parents said no like don't want us basically working with any of the car stuff um and so yeah we we basically turned to art at that point so mm-hmm. we did a lot of painting a lot of drawing um acrylics mm-hmm. oils watercolor um <laughs> parents took was there somebody in
1: your family that was interested in art or are you both your parents or
0: no not no nobody's really interested in in art um i was told later on that my mom wanted to be a fashion designer and she was forbidden by her parents so she <laughs> she never got to chase her dream i guess this um, is in so ukraine maybe, yeah exactly oh, okay. um yeah because uh yeah her parents were like mega military yeah mm. very strict mm. so um but uh yeah, so we turned to art um and just our parents let us do that cuz I thought they think they probably thought it was harmless like what's the worst that could happen with art, you know? And uh <laughs> <laughs> little
1: did they know that exactly. you and your shadow would be con- <laughs> conceiving of a plot that would unleash itself in 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> less exactly. than that, actually what was your first like so when you get into art because i always feel like art finds the artist it's not it's not like you find the art i think it feel like it's always the other way around what was the the thing I, I i have vivid early memories of my interaction with art but what was it for you like you're like oh damn this is something that's this is what is this you know <laughs> was there something that you can recollect and think on or like no. oh that was
0: I don't know if i have a great origin story from my introduction to art um <laughs> it's a good one to dig into yeah that is yeah i might need like a yeah. an analyst or something a psychoanalyst. <laughs> um but uh i mean we were drawing always as kids a lot of dinosaurs uh animals um ours mm. robots just drawing a lot i think my brother and i would kind of compete you know, and then show the Mm. picture to the parents and be like, which one's better, you know, or something. (laughs) um,
1: (laughs) Was there a favorite? uh, Like, damn it.
0: (laughs) No, I mean, we're pretty evenly matched and they probably didn't want to play favorites. So I I can't remember them them preferring anybody's art, but uh,
1: that's nice. Yeah. We had a
0: lot of art. We went to a private school in in Canada with a really good art program. Um, A lot of good artists like came out of there eventually and Great. our parents would always take us to art galleries. We we traveled a lot as kids, like a lot, all around the world. And we would go oh. you know, to to the Louvre in Paris, or we'd go to St. Petersburg, and we, you'd, you'd see all the master's works and everything. Um, wow. So we this were exposed at an early to age. It. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because I at the time, I was captivated by more classical painting, like the more realistic it was. And then I would look... Remember, as a kid, looking at like a blue square and just being like, "How it? How? How is that art? That's that's just yeah. a blue square. Like, there's no art there." Um, that's But now I art love modern. for you to yeah, question now. what art is. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> now I love modern art, and the more intellectual it is, and the more like conceptual it is, the more I'm like, mm. you know, drawn to it. So yeah, I've, I've, it's more cerebral. It. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, it's less accessible at a certain mind state. Like at a a more early early age, basically, because your 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 interaction with art at that age is usually like, what 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 thing what usage does this offer me? And then the art's like, I'm not giving you any usage. Well, you're useless (laughs) to me. Then then okay, well, I guess exactly. (laughs)
0: It's like a language. Yeah, got to learn it. Yeah,
1: Um, that's cool that you guys traveled a lot growing up, though. That probably added a lot to just your independence. Then I would imagine because kids that travel a lot usually have a deep independence and a better empathy of the mm-hmm. world understanding how small it is
0: yeah yeah i mean travel i think is probably like the most important thing anyone can really do and just as many different cultures like don't go to just if you're american go to england like it's kind of similar you know but like you know yeah. go all around the world uh rich poor um and then engage with everybody as much as you can i think that's you know that's vital My dad has this crazy skill where he just picks up languages like on a vacation, like two week vacation, he's like speaking the language after the trip and you're just like, How the hell did you do this? This is insane.
1: (laughs) Um That's cool. So he's a bit of a language savant then. Totally, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, damn it. Jealous that's a sick power that's a superpower I wish I had. That's a cool one. Exactly. I just get nervous. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because you're just fumbling around like an infant and you're like, damn it. I'm too old to fail like this <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah the struggle yeah traveling is, is is essential though i think it's it's quite harmful to the environment and at large, but I think it's so good for the the individual to create um a well rounded mind and realize how small things are and how in in um how 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 little you are, yeah, it's very humbling. Like, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> these things have existed. I, as a child, I, my mom and would take me down to Guatemala and we would nice. hike and travel all through the jungles and go up the Mayan pyramids and stuff. And as a kid, I just remember being like, damn, this has been around for so long. It's so humbling, you know, that it's, I didn't even know what the word humbling was, but yeah, but anyways, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Epic. that's cool that you guys traveled a lot though, even though you had a safe place at home, but traveling a lot, it's really good. agreed yeah so 12 to 14 is only two years apart so from the pitch to making kit cars to being like i'm out of here and where you moved to italy you guys moved to italy
0: yeah so the same year at about 12 uh we became so bored and disenchanted at school um Mm. it just wasn't challenging for my brother and i and uh you know, we we were those a, a, the type of student that could you know either get like an A or could get a D because it's like I'm just not present. You know, it's just too boring. Um, yeah, so we we basically made the decision. They did like some weird test on us or whatever, and uh, we tested to like a very high level, whatever. And we basically started doing a half homeschool, half you know going in to get tests done at the school or whatever. And by 13 and a half, we'd completed, like, the curriculum, the Canadian curriculum or whatever. Um, you know, our, our mom was, like, teaching us pre-calc or whatever. Um, you know, we're 13. Um, so, <laughs> That's cool. yeah, they, they basically, we got the opportunity to then do, technically, I'm a high school dropout. I don't have a diploma or anything. Um, mm. But we did take... Uh, Oh gosh, what's that standardized test that you need to take uh, to get into colleges? Yeah, that one. Oh, SAT? Yeah. Yeah. SAT, yeah. yeah. Um, so we took that at 13 and a half, got a score that would put us into any art college. So we we're <laughs> like, okay, so we're done. <laughs> and then wow. started, uh, you know, started working on portfolio and basically picking out where we could go, where we couldn't go. And, um, uh, the school I eventually ended up at art center in California was just off, off limits because it's so expensive. I mean, it's so yeah. freaking expensive. Um, yeah. super expensive. Parents, yeah. parents were just like, look, I think at the time they were still hoping like this is just a stage. They're young. This is not what they want to do. They'll, they'll try <laughs> this. They'll see how hard it is and they'll become lawyers. And uh, so they, they enabled <laughs> us, they let us, let us chase this idea. Um, we applied to a couple schools in Europe, got accepted to a few. Uh, and our dream was to go to Coventry where my grandparents live. Uh, they lived in England at the time. And the dream was to go there, got accepted. And then they found out how old we were. And they were like, no, you're not allowed, not allowed to go. <laughs> I was going
1: to say 13 and <laughs> a half, what, what are we talking yeah. about here? Because <laughs> you uh, have to be
0: 18 plus right i would imagine i i guess but i mean you always hear about some kid who's got like a master's degree at like 15 or something these days you know
1: <laughs> breaking <laughs> the system yeah
0: yeah
1: um but I've never uh heard of that but that sounds interesting
0: <laughs> yeah i don't know i mean there's there's like a doctorate people that are like 18 people with multiple wow. degrees at like 16 it's a definitely it's a kind of weird because you
1: just have no you have little i mean maybe you have life experience but like you need life experience like book smart is a thing but in a concept in theory but like life smart is a different thing so yeah i don't know anyways Agreed. that's a tangential thought right there <laughs> Agreed. okay I would, so you, yeah. you
0: i was gonna say i would not mm-hmm. want to hang out with myself when i was you know 15 or whatever in college like no, I'm you'd just, want to
1: drop kick yourself out of the building. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Get this idiot out of here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Thinks he knows everything. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh but and in uh, your own world you do. But it's just that's the irony of it. So Coventry, yes. they said no, because you guys are thirteen and a half. So, exactly. And then you yeah. got some acceptance. And this is art only. So this is like and just going to art college. This is it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh so it's uh a university program in Italy that accepted us, IED, um, in Torino, Turin. And uh, so, yeah, we moved to Italy six months before the start of the the course, if you will, um, and started learning Italian. Automated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> learning the language. Have you retained zero... some of
1: the Italian that you learned?
0: I do, I do. I, I, I retain Italian. So if I watch an Italian movie, I can understand yeah. it. But again, with foreign languages, speaking it, I just, I panic. I just straight panic. Yeah.
1: So. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Italian's such a beautiful language, though. If there's a language to learn, it's one of the, I think that's at the the top of my list, personally. Italian's so beautiful. And the country and the food and the culture is just fantastic.
0: Yeah. I mean, Italy is, Yeah. Uh, so so fortunate to be there like you said it's also a very easy language i think to pick up it's very like mm-hmm. as you see it it's not like french where there's a lot of hidden stuff like i know french too but gosh french is hard
1: um, <laughs> yeah there's a lot of and vietnamese <laughs> and like mandarin it's like wow we really like I flipped can't. the script on this on this one guys thanks <laughs> yeah
0: i'm not, I'm not even <laughs>
1: attempting that <laughs> yeah yeah vietnamese is really it's all tonal and it's like really if you just speak English, it's like, whoa, what's happening here? <laughs> yeah, that's a different thing. Um, so, IED is what, it's, what the school is called.
0: Yeah, yeah, IED. So it's like a multidisciplinary creative school, um, mm. and uh, yeah, so we did the the first. We ended up staying there for eighteen months, uh, but the first year was was pretty cool. It was a very, um, very sort of intro uh, to design you know they they start you off as at a very basic level uh so it's probably not like other car design programs i remember oh, this is automotive
1: homo- focused only place. oh yeah
0: yeah 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 okay
1: so you weren't going for art you were going i mean there's art involved but you were going cuz you can go to art specific mm-hmm. but you were going for automotive design this was yes okay that was yes. the focus okay yeah
0: okay, automotive gotcha. focus but you know first year you're doing a lot of just basic art stuff like figure drawing. I remember doing homework for one week was a hundred pages of straight parallel lines, like hmm. it was so tedious, eleven by seventeen and probably like fifty lines on each page, and then like wow. fifty pages of just circle 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 It was crazy Interesting. uh very tedious uh but yeah, it teaches you a lot about just you know patience and repetition and hard work and
1: yeah staying with it um you feel like those lessons still stay with you today those specific things or or not
0: uh yeah i mean i think so but i I think it was really more of like just a life lesson of like how to create patterns and once you have patterns how easy it is afterwards right it's more that rather than like Probably now my lines are a lot less parallel than they were then, but <laughs> the, the the life hack, I guess, is, you know, I've learned it and, yeah, definitely implement it, basically. So, um, but, uh, yeah, and, I mean, there was, there was a bunch of, like, general art history stuff as well that we were learning, you know. Um, did
1: you like art history?
0: I did, yeah. So, again, growing what up didn't really... You Uh, Industrial design. So like industrial revolution forward. um, And then obviously a big focus on the Italian renaissance of design, which is like kind of, I guess, 50s post-war, you know, and all the limitations that they had and how those products were created within those constraints. And yeah, super cool. And obviously the optimism after the war and no more Nazis and, you know, how cool everything could be. Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's a fascinating
1: yeah, it is really fascinating. It's cool. I mean, it's interesting. I was watching uh, Jay Leno's Garage, and he was going through his various collections, and he's got a really. I'm, I imagine you probably met him, but he's got a wide array of different cars and all these things, and mm-hmm. and it's interesting to hear him talk because he's an older guy. But then also, it's cool to know the history of the world, and then auto how automotive reflects and mirrors a lot of what was happening in war, post war, and pre war, and like even just like American culture post-war when america became a superpower super superpower because of what where our involvement in the war and the, the investment and all the money that came into the country and what that did for automotive and and you look at that car that 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 car at the time gas guzzler big and long and huge basically your living room moving around and now what it is now this sport compact electric vehicle that's ultra safe and like completely numb it just goes it, it's always oh, it, cars cars if you think about them or you reflect us in society so much and if you look at them like that but yeah it's quite fascinating yeah
0: absolutely agree Tangent. yeah big picture <laughs> big picture exactly exactly 100 percent agree and it's yeah. fascinating to like look at that and then you can use it to kind of predict where trends are going where technologies will push us and yeah yeah i mean history is yeah so 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 important yeah
1: yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. Cause like, uh, one of my friends asked me, she was like, why do you, why do you, why are you so obsessed or interested in history? And I said, because we're silly creatures and repeat ourselves. And so if we don't acknowledge the past, we will continue it. And so it's important to look at those patterns and go, well, this happened here. So I think this is going to happen here. And then all we, we have to just acknowledge that and then see if we don't step in the same pile of shit again and move to the, move to the left a little bit this time and see if, because we're all just in the dark with the flashlight, you know, Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and the battery's running now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Anyways, that's a dark thought. Let's continue on the good stuff. So art history, yes. which was rad, and that's cool. I, I mean, at the time when I was studying and I was in art history, I was like, I don't want to learn this crap. But then I realized how much I loved it because my instructor was just fantastic. And he had such a uh, an affinity for the history of art. And I just loved his enthusiasm for it. And it, then it spawned like the enthusiasm in me. But that's really cool, especially the Italian stuff, which is, there's, again, a very rich culture that goes really far back, which is cool. Okay, so that's the first year. You said you did 18 months. So we're talking three semesters? Yeah. Three
0: uh, yeah. I don't remember. I think it was Habs, and then their grading system's based out of 30 or something like that. It's weird. Um, I don't remember. so many years ago now. twenty twenty. 20-something yeah. years. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we did uh, that. And then, like, we were pretty bottom of the class and then slowly working our way, you know, equalizing skills with everybody else. Obviously, everybody else is a lot older. You're being compared to everybody else. So, you know, you you also are very young, so you're able to absorb things very quickly, adapt very quickly. Um, so we had yeah. that benefit. And we were just sponges, right? We were completely raw, empty sponges just you know taking in any information we could whatever was told to us that's the right way that's it you know like great no problem um we met yeah we met like jujuaro which was really cool went to his studio uh spent the day there he showed us like how he created the stuff and you know finding out that he doesn't sketch at all actually he just uses uh the the three planes so he designs everything in side view then takes a ruler transfers everything to top view than does direct uh, front and direct rear. It was just such a, because he comes from architecture, uh, so it's the elevation views, and uh, just being like, huh, goddamn, I didn't (laughs) want to be an architect because I didn't want to use rulers, and here we are using rulers. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, So that was
1: cool. (laughs) That's so cool. I mean, what a legend, too, and what a fascinating designer, and such Mm -hmm. an impactful, influential designer, too. Jujuaro, mm-hmm. is that how you say his name uh
0: yeah I guess Jujuaro. yeah
1: Jujuaro. okay yeah because <laughs> okay, yeah, I, I Jujaro I guess but I, I don't know I'm I'm, I'm leaning I'm on Canadian. you for knowing that okay no so I'm maybe. Canadian <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I mean uh that's so cool how how so how does that work he draws it from front three quarter you said or no like no, no isometric no
0: yeah yeah full isometric. isometric so he always starts yeah. with a side view just side okay. view, no perspective. Oh, yeah, always side view. Yeah, yeah no um,
1: perspective, yeah.
0: And then, yeah, transfer that to the other view. So you would use yeah. your rulers, straight lines, right? Front view, top view.
1: I didn't uh, know that. That's how I do it, though. And that's how I naturally fell into it. I said, I only start with the side. Ah, that's cool. <laughs> Good. <all right. laughs> you yeah. could tell that in his designs because they all have a signature. So mm-hmm. he doesn't go in perspective because perspective can warp your your understanding of the signature purity i guess but also this is a time when post-war too and we have this boom in civilization and and you mm-hmm. have these like heads you have gandini and giugiaro and bertone and all these they're yeah. basically leading the way with all of this stuff which is crazy yeah i think yeah i could be wrong i don't know the massive history of all this stuff but yeah
0: yeah, he was he was also like a little bit of a child prodigy himself. I think at 16 or 18 he designed like the 105 Alfa Romeo, which is considered like a design icon. Oh, yes. Um it's so amazing.
1: I love yeah. this. Yeah. 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 That yeah, swoop we, back we... rear and that yeah. clean front. Mm-hmm. How old was he when he did that? I think he was
0: 17 or 18.
1: Yeah. Damn it, man. <laughs> perfect place, perfect time, and then yeah, what a wonderful he was working was he working for uh Bertone, Bertone. For, at that time yeah. yeah 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 there's Pininfarina and Bertone was there was the two mm-hmm. main houses design houses for automotive at the time right yeah 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 it's yeah. 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 fantastic we're talking about like all of the icons not only from <laughs> Italy but just in general even look at if you look at some of the stuff that they were doing you could see their influence obviously from the Mira to the the original at Mustangs and stuff like that, all of these sweeping mm-hmm. lines and It's all there, not the Mura necessarily, but maybe the rear, the rear three quarter parts of the rear, and some of Mm -hmm. the Maseratis and stuff that were coming. Then it was all everybody was influenced by one another. This pre-internet era too. So when things were when things really came out, you're like, oh shit, this is the first time I'm literally seeing this thing, and I had to see it in person. (laughs) (laughs) Right, (laughs) (laughs) crazy. Imagine that era. That's like so crazy. Yeah, I mean.
0: Not No newspapers, basically, no real photographs. Like, international news must have been very different. Yeah, it's like, literally, you would have seen, like, a Mira only in person or at an auto show or something. But it's like, yeah, crazy. Yeah.
1: I have this thing that you might find interesting is that my whole childhood, I, you know, there's certain cars that you get inspired by. And I don't know what it is. It's just, it's the design. It's the ratio. It's the the brashness of it. It's just the, the formula, whatever it is. There's a beauty to it say the Countach or whatever but the F40 was one of those cars that I'm like man what is it about this car it's so special and then I you know I'd, I'd see it in magazines and I'd see it online I would collect images of it digitally and stuff and then I never saw one until like maybe 2 years ago and I saw one in person at the Peterson and I realized that there's a significant power of not seeing something in the feel the real life and then there's a significant shift in power that happens when you actually experience one in real life. And that I mean, I just saw it in person. I didn't drive it. I mm-hmm. didn't, which is yeah. the whole other side of it. But it didn't diminish its value to me. It actually made me think that there's more value almost in the the other side of it, which is the, the dream, the incept, the idea, the, the the poster on the wall concept, you know. And mm-hmm. you see people in their midlife crisis is like throwing out and collecting um, <laughs> Countaches and stuff, you know, because they're just, trying to live that life again you know but i don't know what what do you think of that i'm curious what you thought because i know there's we have similar muses in this thing too
0: yeah i agree uh similar things happened to me with mirrors i actually didn't like mirrors until i saw one in person in photographs Mm -hmm. i didn't like them but i when i saw one i was like oh this actually makes sense but Mm -hmm. uh i agree with you that the power that we like imbue onto something or um what the mind can create is is very powerful, right? And and it's the mystery, it's the unknown, it's kind of like you know, I think in many ways like society's missing that now because uh, you know, images, 3D models are so accessible. And so you've lost this uh like I equate it to like eight bit video games, you know, when Mario was just like eight bit, like you really needed to imbue your own personality, your own character, your own visions, your own heroic nature into him, right? You were part of that process. Um yeah. and now with video games or even VR headsets, it's all about us. Like it's just everything's real. It's it's there's nothing where you can kind of project yourself. So yeah, it's an interesting thing. Like how do we you know it's almost like yeah how do we engage viewers again i mean it's kind of connected to what you're talking about i think i'm going off on a tangent
1: no i love that (laughs) and it's actually i appreciate you bringing that up because (laughs) i i think about that a lot too growing up with technology that was very nascent still and reform like of, of how graphics are represented on a moving screen with pixels and and then yeah you would kind of i remember playing like castlevania or you know Mario but Castlevania for example like if you've played it and then Nintendo 64 it had like this beautiful painting of like the guy at the whip and the castle in the background and you look at it and at least for me with a creative mind I was like oh fuck that's the dude okay and then like when oh that's like the mummy guy you know and so my brain was just going fucking hog wild on it like thinking about all the things so when I'm playing the game I'm 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 creating this weird symbiotic relationship that's happening which I I just love and I, and I think when I play modern games um there's this it's almost like i'm sitting as a passenger to the person that sh- is thinking where i should probably be thinking more but and not all games are like that i'm playing a a friend of mine alex he he uh created this game called um yeah my brain uh it's an, it's an incredible game see if i, I my switch right here. <laughs> um i don't know why i'm tra- drawing the blank on the name but um, it's really beautiful, uh, uh, hyperlight hyperlight Drifter, basically. It's really cool, um, but it has like that old 8-bit feel so you can do that cool. creative thing again. It's a really, truly a work of art, it's beautiful. But um, nice. yeah, there's I check it out. maybe, I don't think that's a generational thing, I think it's a human, it's a human thing. I think it, for me at least it's like being able to imprint yourself and, and, and extrapolate and then explore and evolve. And I see that with what you guys are doing with cars too. Because I think, and we've talked about this at somewhat length, but I think you know how I feel about this stuff is I don't look at cars as, as a car. I mean, I do if I'm going to the grocery store and I have a Tesla, so it's like, I get it. It's a phone with wheels, cool. And it's fast <laughs> as shit and it's cool. It's modern, awesome. I also have a Raptor. Um, but I look at cars as, as it's a culmination of all of the things that it's basically humanity kind of summarized in this thing. You know, mm-hmm. it's our mm-hmm. overreaching our bounds, stretching beyond ourselves, curiosity, engineering, science, technology, art, all these things, industrialization, you know, all of this stuff. Um, do you feel the same? Have a connection to that?
0: Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, I think, you know, from, cars are such a unique product. You know, there's so many things that it takes to design them, but also like each person, when they buy their car, they see something in it that makes them whole in a way. Right. So it's like when you buy a Raptor, you're kind of imbuing yourself into it as well in a way. Oh yeah. And uh, you know, it's, it's, I've always thought it would be fascinating to, if there was a way to capture what the owner of the car thinks their car looks like, as opposed to what it is, you know, like in their mind (laughs) when they drive that car, what it looks like, as opposed to what, everyone else sees
1: (laughs) you know i love that Uh, yeah one of my favorite things is to go and drive my other friend's car after cleaning cars and then like seeing my car being driven i'm like whoa cool (laughs) (laughs) it's such a nerdy thing but sorry you were saying
0: yeah no i i just think cars are this this unique canvas that you know we're all sort of you know i think still people care you know i think even people who drive a tesla they're they still care and they still have an image that they're trying to project. It's just maybe not the traditional car image and like people will hate on that, but the reality is is it's like you're still saving the planet, you're still tech forward, you're still an early adopter, you know, you're still showing the world signals and that's that's what the appeal is, right?
1: Yeah. So. Well, I mean that then the Tesla is my wife's car and when I got the Raptor we thought it'd be good to counter that. So before I had the <laughs> Raptor I had a Gen, 1, Gen Gen one NSX that was fully built engine built everything was done to it properly it was an incredible machine. But I realized that I had what I was trying to do with my career was I was trying to prove it to myself that I could overcome poverty, I could use art as a vessel to buy a supercar, basically. But the poor man's supercar. But I think, in my opinion, the NSX is superior in the era of its cars Mm -hmm. to all of the rest of them as a driving machine, hands down. Mm -hmm. I've driven the other Mm -hmm. ones, most of them. And the NSX on paper, and and the one I had at least, it just was just, I went, I drove like a Porsche of the time. And and I'm like, this is so horrible. Like (laughs) Japan really refined supercars. And so anyways, I had that. And then once I realized I had it, then I went through that whole process and okay, I checked that off. So there's no more, I don't need to, I don't need it anymore. It starts to own me and I'm like, okay, I got to get rid of it because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I don't know if you've had that relationship with cars. It's, you've owned quite a few cars. It seems like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, between my <laughs> brother and
0: I, at some point, I think we had 13 cars or something. So yeah, <laughs> so it's, <many> uh, cars. <laughs> it's, uh, there, it's there problem. is definitely a point where they, where they own you. And, uh, there's always been times where I'm like, just getting rid of all of these. Like, fuck it. Yeah. You know, I've got, there's been times where I, we literally have like 13 cars and none are running because we only like <laughs> old cars. And it's just like, dude, we're taking an Uber. We have 13 cars. Like, what the hell is wrong with us?
1: Um, <laughs> Can you name these 13 cars? I'd love to know that in this collection you guys have.
0: Uh, it, it's mostly a lot of 911s. Um, we've got an old Alpha Alpha 105s, the GTVs, the Dujouro designed one. uh We had ah, yes, two, two of those. Um, we've got like an old Chrysler Imperial. What else do we have?
1: Hmm. What
0: else do we have? Yeah, a lot. Of I've been 911s. obsessed with
1: the Alpha Holics uh, GTA R recently. Yes yes
0: so good so good <laughs> talk about perfection
1: yeah. and perfecting perfection they're kind of like what Porsche is doing with Porsche but on like a very small scale just love mm-hmm. that stuff. stuff so cool i love the idea of a smaller lighter high revving drive it as hard as you can and it will just ask you for more kind of experience mm-hmm. <laughs> whereas the opposite's like let's have a heavy car and just put like a thousand horsepower in it and then it's unwieldy and you're like okay <laughs> it's like a katana sword compared to like a like a vikings i don't know sword i okay. guess <laughs> different weapons <laughs> just a bomb <laughs> yeah. yeah a bomb yeah basically yeah which is kind of what the half 11 seems to be we'll get into that i'm sure but <laughs> so 13 uh, yeah, cars that's yeah. a lot though you have them all at that shop that you're at or how would you yeah you yeah there's cars?
0: uh yeah i mean all uh, there's there's a bunch behind me um they're all down
1: there <laughs> yes toys but,
0: uh, <laughs> <laughs> um we're down now, we're down. We've sold some. Uh we've reluctantly gotten rid of it a bunch of cars. Uh Smart, we though. we don't like 911s are to invest in. Well the mark the market's so crazy on 911s, you know, we bought all our cars when they were, you know, 35 grand uh for 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 a 911 and that 911 these days
1: 2012 is, area, 2015.
0: Uh earlier, uh yeah. 20 2011, 2012, just when yeah. things were really about to spike. Uh um, before
1: Magnus like made outlaw and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> yes. Because he really burned yes, exactly. that. Uh, right before that, I was like, I'm gonna get a Porsche and I had to thousand. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna sell this, I'm gonna get a nine six four Welltail. I'm gonna get a turbo. And I was like, I could get one. I could just basically get one for <laughs> twenty thousand. <000." laughs> mm-hmm it's like they're unobtainable now it's like i'm not buying i'm not buying that old piece of crap for 300 plus thousand dollars you crazy yeah <laughs> it's yeah. not worth it it's just not yeah <laughs> exactly I,
0: yeah. we weren't even yeah. porsche fans like i don't even like the 911s really i always thought they were just like kind of glorified beetles you they know are, um, yeah,
1: yeah but there's a beautiful soul to them but they are for the most part glorified beetles yeah, yeah. People try to it's say just, uh, it's not, but I'm like, no, it's literally the same thing. <laughs>
0: it's it's yeah. uh, the thing that convinced us is, first of all, there's Group R, which is like the whole heavy customization of the cars. Like you can't really do that with Ferraris or at least back in 2011. And also like when it's your money and, you know, a Ferrari 355 clutch job is so much money. Yeah. <laughs> you're just <laughs> like, all right, let's go with the Beetle. <laughs> and uh, it started... Vehicle. <laughs> it started a beautiful love affair. Like, you know, we've had mm. so many now and I really understand like the nuance and the differences between them and I, I know what I like, I know what I don't like. Um so yeah it's what's the been, favorite
1: Porsche for you? Like if you had if you just look back and say there's a one Porsche that's back there, this is why I have this one. This is you the know, one I, I have and
0: why. I, I think we got really lucky. So for our twenty fifth birthday, we just finished paying off all our student loans. Uh, we had Congrats. no money except Thank you. <laughs> That's a big uh, deal. A lot of, to be age 25 of, to
1: do that too is impressive.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of ramen and no eating out. It was like two years of just hardcore sacrifice, but free. We were free. <laughs> and uh, the uh, we decided to basically for our 25th birthday to buy a car. And we debated all these different cars, eventually found this 911 didn't know anything really about them. Didn't know what a long hood or short hood was. Just kind of blind, dumb luck into this 72 RS tribute with a three liter race motor in. Oh,
1: and oh man, Holy <laughs> grail. What the yeah, hell? Just <laughs> didn't even,
0: didn't even realize 72 was a special year. Didn't realize yeah, any iconic. And
1: yeah. that's three the, leader. the, model.
0: yeah. And, uh, We've since then blown up two engines. We've put in like a three point six. We've changed pretty much everything on that car, um, wow. but its soul remains intact. So you still have this one? one, yeah, yeah.
1: Is this a graffiti
0: one? No, it's the the Marlboro one. It's got oh, Marlboro, Marlboro livery.
1: Oh, okay, yeah. nice. That is <laughs> fucking awesome. Yeah, the now it's just like so now. So you're still a Porsche guy, obviously. How yes, do you even? Yes how do you even how because <laughs> it's turned the whole thing's turned so it's like how do you even manage and maintain and are you yeah just i like, mean okay? yeah.
0: we we basically work on our own cars as much as we can um sure. and then use some friends that help us maintain the cars but generally we try and work on ourselves um we're That's obviously cool. not buying buying any porsches since like 2015 basically because <laughs> to, <laughs> t- to me there's 10 Yeah, I mean they're still just thirty thousand dollar cars, and I see the similar cars and like two hundred grand, and I'm like, are you guys insane? This is like some weird cult now,
1: you know? Yeah, it is some weird cult. (laughs) It's almost like some weird Bitcoin currency or something. Like, dude, come on, guys, like what is happening here? (laughs) You guys all just jacked up the price, and I think I'm just bitter because I wanted one. I'm like, well, I guess that's that. I'm not. I'm not going to spend that much money on a nine six four. No way. And if I get a stock one, I'm like, it's not cool. They they are thirty to fifty thousand dollar cars in my mind all day long for what yep. you get out of them and you get a lot of joy for thirty to fifty thousand dollars but you can get a lot of joy out of a lot of cars from thirty to fifty thousand dollars that yeah like exactly. it's a lot of money for a car for experience and especially like those kind of cars are not like a car that i would encourage you to drive all the time you could but it's not a comfortable vehicle like all the time the raptor yeah. is the tesla no right <laughs> <laughs> Raptors oh, are moving, right. angry sofa.
0: <laughs> we're just, we're just two cranky guys that are just like, oh, it's too expensive." <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: true. I sound so old. But it's, I mean, yeah. I, like I said, that's just I'm more or less bitter. So if you had, so the 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 dream that's in the garage is a seventy two.
0: Yeah, the that's one that the you problem. Have in... Never sell Never okay, it. Yeah, one. yeah I so mean, if I say. had a. If... If I had money unlimited for a Porsche, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably get like a 908 long tail. You know, I just mm. love the look of them, but it's not really a 911. If we're, if we're picking 911s, gosh, I don't know. Maybe a real RS, maybe.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: not, not for 1.2 million though.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got really, I was watching uh, Chris and Richard, I think is his name, Tuthill, Tuthill? And they mm-hmm. had that 11,000K, 1,800-pound wet Porsche. And I was like, oh, that, mm-hmm. that looks like it's really fun to drive. power <laughs> powered weight. I'll take one of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. seems like a really yeah. beautiful vehicle. So that's interesting. So you have this, you guys kind of fell into this gold mine with the 72 and getting introduced to your first car which is a Porsche, which is a fantastic first car. I, I think you sounded like you guys were onto the Ferrari train, but it was just like, we can't afford this. It's too expensive to maintain. But if you had your choice, it would have, would it have been Ferrari?
0: Uh, not even Ferrari, Lambo. Yeah. Oh, uh, we, what we would you have really, gotten back then? Uh, an Espada. Huh.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's, a, it's a four-seater GT with a Countach motor in the front.
1: Ah yes yes yes. This is the one you were after, huh? Huh? Yeah, interesting. Yeah, yeah I've seen um, this before.
0: Yeah, and it's like the perfect road trip car. We we did a bunch of research and then basically found a mechanic that could work on them. We're like, okay, so cool. So we have that settled. Like if <laughs> if there's a problem, and then we were looking for one, and then basically that mechanic ended up passing away, and we're like, okay. oh my god, there's just
1: what do you do now? yeah yeah he'd be beholden to grandpa like yeah we need oil change He's like ah (laughs) i'm done yeah yeah it is sad though a lot of these cars the generation of of craftspeople and mechanics and engineers that were attached to them are dying off or not passing these things along and they're becoming irrelevant Mm -hmm. which is really sad Mm -hmm. because they are works of art and um There, there is a culture that supports these things, which is contrary to what we uh, were—at least I was saying—grumbling about the Porsche. At least the Porsche has like cultivated a whole new environment for it to thrive, and which is wonderful. And Mm -hmm. you could be a you could be a technician on these older Porsches and make a living, which is—you couldn't say that maybe about the old Lamborghinis. Maybe I don't know. Could be wrong. Not all. Yeah, I mean
0: these Porsche. Porsche rates are two hundred dollars an hour. I mean, you can certainly make a living. <laughs>
1: yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. <and> the, <laughs> enough on that. I always keep going. Yeah, <laughs> I love them though. I do love those cars, and every time I see one, I get I get stoked, no matter what it is. I'm like this is cool. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, and they're rad. And yeah. They're beautiful, and they're timeless, and it's a wonderful brand. So, Yeah, um, yeah. Okay, so so it was the Porsche, and so that had. Had to have had influence on you, obviously, with the half eleven because it's half of a nine eleven. But then it became a quarter of one, basically, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then turns into that. But so this kind of this early love affair you're talking about, age twenty five, then yep. and then getting the Porsche. So you guys got the Porsche together, so you guys shared it. Yeah. Wow, that's interesting yep. too. Yep. Like I'm sitting shotgun. No, I'm driving. <laughs> or it didn't matter. Yeah. I'm just like yeah.
0: Well. We were just basically, we had no money. So we took all our money and put it into that car. So it's like when you've, <laughs> when you sacrifice that much, like literally we had no money to pay rent. Mm. Like if it was due that week, we knew we'd get paid in like a week, so we'd be fine, but <laughs> literally drained the bank account and sent it to a guy in Tennessee that I had, you know, a five minute conversation with and we're Like, I hope we get a
1: car. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> so, so you guys didn't even see it. You guys had it shipped to you yeah totally wow just and this is 20, age 25 <laughs> at 2010 just 2010 or so 2012 uh,
0: 12 13 uh, 12 okay and then, yeah.
1: yeah and after the first one you guys okay i always say that cars made me break poverty because i was like oh i was going to be okay with just like living on a sleeping bag and a futon eating a burrito a day being a starving artist guy i was like that's fine and then i got into cars I was like, oh, fuck, coilovers. I don't like the way this thing looks. I need to lower it. And I'm like, oh, coilovers are that much money? Oh, fuck. And then I got it. Oh, it's it's so slow. Oh, the hell, what? You had to do that? And so eventually it turned into this money pit. But I didn't have, I didn't jump into the Porsche thing. I should have, though. I still kicked myself to this day because could be semi-wealthy from this investment I could have done. So. <laughs> but I wouldn't have sold it anyways. I just held on to it. Like, "I oh, fuck it. Just going to hold on right, to this thing right that's bleeding me money <laughs> so it sounds like the same thing for you guys like you went outside your means it was a passion mm-hmm. thing the passion thing led to this curiosity that then told you guys okay now we have this expensive thing that we need to maintain so let's mm-hmm. grind and hustle and make a career and start making money this is this about right
0: yeah yeah i mean basically um and <laughs> a it, it, yeah, it started a, an obsession and addiction, you know. And and we saw the signs of where the market was going to go, obviously up. And so for a period of, you know, a few years, we would buy a 911 every, basically every year. And we were hustling. We were doing side gigs. You know, we we're doing some freelance stuff, anything basically to try and get in there because, first of all, you know, we knew the market was going to go up. So it's like, okay, this is How a did good you investment. Know that? How
1: did you know just it was going like, to go up?
0: Just watching the trends and and kind of, I don't know, man. I We're designers. We like, we pick up on everything, right? Like culture, yeah. society, like conversations, where things are being posted, where things aren't being posted, what's being talked about, um, Magnus, you know, you just see the signs. Yeah. You see the signs. <laughs> I don't know. You just, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, here we
1: go. Boom, 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 boom. And the stock market so yeah. it just rises. Yeah. yeah. How many do you have but now? Still, How many Porsches?
0: Uh... We got the graffiti, the the Marlboro, and we have a a nine twelve, um, wide body sort of mm-hmm. little project that we're working on, and then half eleven. So I guess that's that's four.
1: Four, uh, yeah, it's healthy. I mean, but you went from quite a few of them and got rid of them. I imagine you made your money back, which is good. Yeah, and then some.
0: <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. always terrifying to buy one because you're like, oh shit, I just spent so much money, and then yeah, yeah, and then if you didn't like it, you just sold it and you made like 10, 20 grand and you're like, okay, whatever. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. But there's a ceiling to that one. That's cool though. Yeah. 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 yeah well, if you ever, I have four car garage, I have room. So yeah, if they need to yes. stay with uncle, you know, custody. So and I live yes. next to a beautiful yes. mountain that I like to go. So <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah um, <laughs> that's, that's awesome though. So I can see that though. I can see, do you feel like the legacy of that design language that form function that simplicity that post-war industrial kind of concept like perfecting that track that speed that thing that, that that all that ethos bleed into your guys' minds as you guys are going through and starting to make your own vision of what automotive could be for yourselves individually
0: absolutely yeah i mean you you said it really well, but just to elaborate on that, it's like when you're a young designer coming out and you're working with, you know, a new car company, your job is to come up with the coolest, newest shit, basically, something no one has ever seen. Generally speaking, it's very difficult to do something new that no one's ever seen that's simple, right? It's almost almost impossible. It's like yeah. the holy grail. Um, and so very much our aesthetic at that time and our work at the time was very busy, messy convoluted exciting to look at but like embarrassing to look back at it now you know it was like Mm -hmm. very sort of naive very childish very exaggerated very comical um but that's what got us the job that's what kept us employed that's what the companies wanted um those were kind of the design trends if you will in, in car design and you can see that i mean cars are still quite busy um Maybe Tesla is the only one that's really sort of minimal, gone more minimal.
1: Um, I think they're leaning into into the fact that they're doing that because that uh, distinguishes them from the the rest of the people, which is kind of an interesting strategy, you know? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there's a reason they do it. It's because basically building electric cars is really expensive and they need to cost cut the crap out of it. So they said, we have no money for decoration,
1: you know? And yeah. This is yeah. Let's this keep it clean again. and simple. <laughs> and ironically, yeah. that creates a very good CDA. So the drag to coefficient mm-hmm. coefficient is so low because it doesn't have all these things catching wind and creating turbulence. And you know, mm-hmm. uh, which yeah, which is also yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of but interesting byproduct.
0: Yeah. What's interesting though is like we've always loved minimal products, like Brawn, you know, Bauhaus, mm-hmm. uh, even yeah. Japanese minimalism in the their yeah. architecture. Yeah, and it's it's. But when it came to cars, okay. we were just busy, 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 crazy, busy, nasty stuff, so yeah, definitely the nine eleven <laughs> helped calm us down, helped uh ground us, helped show us, i guess that you can create something that's timeless across you know five decades like that's and now that's become our ethos is to try and create products that like doesn't matter when it gets introduced, it'll always be somewhat relative, it'll always connect with people. Um, And I think that's what you have to go back to is like, it has to be simple so people can understand it. And it can, again, to connect it back to what you were saying, it's a reflection of society, right? And so when things are too busy, or they're too fatty, they're not timeless. And so the only things that are really timeless are things that can really be a mirror for society, and generally a mirror just a polished surface right it's simple it's clean um so yeah mm, beautiful that's my rant
1: i love that <laughs> i love that no it's beautiful and i think that's a great rant and i think it's very applicable and and i agree there's so many things that are abstract and, and they're almost become this like quantum theory of concepts but they're on the surface if you can distill things down you can kind of go yeah this art is connected to culture which is then connected to these other things like I was having this talk with a couple of my friends, and I was saying, never in in the history of humanity has art been attached to uh, technology the way it is, and then a na- a nascent form of currency. Uh, I'm talking about digital art necessarily too, because yeah. it's, it's it's attached to a different thing, and then also artificial intelligence, which we'll get into as well. I'm sure that's a mm-hmm. whole another you know topic of of conversation I that I think a lot of people are just. In the dark with their flashlights, saying, "I think it's this. I think it's that," I, and nobody really knows. We just want to have a theory of what it is. But, but I i, I agree. I think that when I look back at like the five twelve Berlinetta, but that that car is so is so perfect as a design. But I've no, I don't know how it would be to drive it. But it just as a piece of art, it's just like such a statement, and the lines are mm-hmm. so clean and pure. And there's just. It's not convoluted, whereas you look at a modern car and you're just like, "What is going on?" There's so many things happening here, and it's, but it's, <laughs> but at the same time, it's, it's, it is a sign, I think, of what we're going through as a hum, as a species. Like we're quite confused, and there's a lot of noise, and so this is how we process things, and this is how because a car is basically a human face a lot of times, and so it's like we're reflecting on ourselves. And as you have mentioned, it would be so interesting to actually see what a what a driver of a car thinks that their car looks like and what they're in it looks like you can see it when you see like an older guy driving like a, a SIG hot rod he probably thinks that he's like Elvis or something like that you know uh-huh. and he's driving this thing and me in my raptor i'm just like i'm in like mad max or something you know and and i'm like yeah you know it's cuz you're 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 projecting exactly. you know yeah there's a visceral connection and you want that as a designer I would imagine I know you don't know this It's like you want to create that that dynamic beautiful connection with other people and show them like what they can see in themselves you know mm-hmm. like see what I see in you you know mm-hmm. this is awesome <laughs> mm-hmm. if it's working right I guess I suppose but yeah simple design is the hardest design though ultimately because it's distilled yeah so when you look back at your past work you're just like ah oh, crap Or is there stuff that you look back and go, there's potential here or, or is it mostly just cringy?
0: (laughs) Uh, I think a lot of the commercial work is pretty cringy because again, it's just you're, you're conditioned in that business to create the new newest thing. And it's oftentimes, yeah, I mean, you don't have a lot of experience. You don't, you don't know what you don't know. Yeah. So it's like, I've, I've grown, I think, so much as a designer and so much as a, like, sculpture artist, everything. Um, I can't help but look back at it and just be like, especially the commercial work. I think the personal projects and some of the, you know, the unique visions that created on the side, they're, I think, still somewhat valid, somewhat interesting. Um, But a lot of the commercial work is just like, fuck, what were we thinking? (laughs) (laughs)
1: amazing to get paid while learning too you know that's how i always say it's like it's quite a brilliant you know like i take my client work pretty serious it's like damn you know they're taking this currency they're turning it into my time and i'm gonna do my best but sometimes it's like i don't know what i'm doing and i'm telling you that i don't know i'm gonna try my best and let's see what happens on the other side but it's great to be able to get paid while you're exploring who you are and what you're doing a lot of times, I find that it's really confusing when the client really doesn't know what they want and it just gets convoluted. And you're just like, you asked for red, but I get, but, but then when I gave you red, you asked for blue. And then what are we talking about here? You know, so yeah, communicating is, is I, I mean, I'm, you've had, you've had, you guys have a collective couple decades, <laughs> three decades now, maybe four decades. Yeah. Uh, collective yeah. on this stuff. What advice would you give yourself looking back now at your younger self going through this stuff? You're like, okay. Younger self, this is what I would suggest you do to to avoid this feeling. Or would you have any suggestions for your past self? Do you think everything you've gone through now is 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 worthy and good?
0: Gosh. I mean... Big question. I don't think I... I yeah, I mean, I don't think I would change my past, and I don't have that luxury. But if I were <laughs> to give people um, a suggestion or even talk to my younger self, I guess... I mean, yeah, I grew up very sheltered, didn't really understand the power of like networks or communication. Um, Yeah, I think just the general shyness of it. Um, Now that I'm like an experienced sort of designer and and doing all the freelance stuff, I think you're more of a, you're like a teacher or a guide for the client rather than, you know, you kind of don't just tell them that you're, you're you sort of have to read in between the lines. Each client's kind of a little bit different. Um, I think the thing that saves the most frustration these days for me and for clients is just like you said, it's communication and kind of learning how to structure conversations or deals or processes so that everyone's kind of understanding where we're going, um, what we're doing that we're like, maybe we're lost in the woods together, but like we're making progress, you know, it's, I was definitely pretty hot-headed when I was younger, um, you know. That, that's definitely for sure. I was just like, "Fuck you! This is right. Like, this is the best design ever. Why don't you like this, right?" Um, and now I've, I've sort of definitely mellowed out, and I'm just like, "Okay, you said red, but you what you really meant was violet. But what you really meant was turquoise. All right, like it's okay. We'll we'll figure this out. Um, so yeah."
1: <laughs> do you feel like you do? You miss that edge sometimes. I, when I that edge of me going like the ego comes out and says, "Fuck you, I'm right, and you're not. You don't know what you're talking about." Sometimes part of me loves that, but then the other part of me, the older, more mature version, says, "You're wasting your energy here." Yeah, you know? but the other part of me is like, "No, you're actually being true to yourself." But are you being true to yourself? You know, it's difficult because you're we're attached to the ego so closely and so intimately as a designer, it becomes this kind of a conundrum. But so you're, as you're maturing, you're letting go of that stuff. I've, maybe it's because you guys are doing your own personal stuff and you're building your own legacy with more control that way, perhaps.
0: I would say this, uh, I still get those same feelings that you're talking about and I still get that initial anger and like, what the fuck kind of feeling. The difference is I don't basically let it out in front of a, either a client or whatever. You know, I just basically, <laughs> well,
1: that's good. I,
0: I basically keep it more inside. Um, And normally now what I do is I basically after a review review like that, we'll just take, we'll sleep on it. I just tell them like, let's, let's sleep on it. And then we Mm -hmm. talk the next day. And I think once you sleep on things, you, you begin to understand that yes, it is your ego because I mean, I like the thing about design that I like the most is problem solving. Right. Mm, And, and to me, that's the coolest challenge. It's not necessarily that, And the reason why I do get mad is because I feel like I've thought about it so well. I've analyzed it. I've done a bunch of ideation sketches. And for sure, this is the best answer. And I'm passionate about that, right? And when someone says no, then I'm like, well, you haven't done all this work. You don't understand, blah, 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 right? And that's when your ego sort of hits over. But now what I do is I sleep on it. And then I'm like, okay, well, we actually have a new design problem. So like, let's solve that as opposed to dwelling on the old problem and solution, which is obviously inappropriate now because the clients moved on. We've all moved on. Like, yeah. So is that yeah. hopefully that that's that's the way. I, I still get pissed off. But
1: <laughs> beautiful advice though. If you have the time and the space to sleep on it, I think that is actually true. It's actually gives you some mo it gives you room and distance because when you're really close and you feel like you've had the answers, you saturate. You obsess and you saturate and you consume as much as you can and you find the solution that you think is right. And in all reality, you are right. In your reality, you're completely right and you're valid. But then when it hits the wall of, of, of miscommunication, potentially, but even if you're communicating correctly, it's just like, ultimately I think a lot of times, at least the way I look at it is, is when it comes like to connecting, directing and directing projects and directing teams, is your whole job is to communicate and facilitate the best in every team, and that is your mm-hmm. whole job, but it's so difficult when when there's miscommunication and all these kind of things. I find it take it took me many years. I, I I'm it's maybe the same, or maybe a little bit easier and faster for you guys because you guys are, you guys have a, another version of yourself to kind of counter. But yeah. it took me many years to go to a client and say, "This is how I work. This is the best methodology," and then it's, if you can please just trust me. It took me like a decade to, to be like you know have the, the courage but then i realized if i didn't do that i found that it would create a worse situation where the mm-hmm. the job would unravel or um, i would become a bitter version of myself where i was like man i'm holding a grudge against them I, that's my fault for not communicating how i need to work which is let me think and let me you know i don't know wanna, i want to have a question here about problem solving but you kind of touched on it a little bit earlier which i'd love to I love the idea. That's a great, that's great advice too. Cause oftentimes I get really hot headed cause I have invested. <laughs> I mean, it sounds like you guys are the same too. Like hard to sleep when there's a problem at bay. It's, it's hard to think about anything else. Um, obsessive. Yep. yep. <laughs> yeah. Completely possessed by the thought <laughs> and design is just problem solving. So if you are really deep into like problem solving and you can't solve the problem, it's like it's debilitating at times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. You can't do anything. You can't eat. You can't sleep. You can't hang out with your friends. You can't do anything. You're like, God damn it. I need to solve this.
1: Yeah. And it's not, a, there's a, I think it's a small population on the planet that thinks like that. I thought it was normal. As a kid, I'd be like, oh, this is like, and I'd run into people like, they didn't have a, um, an affinity for things or didn't have a curiosity for things or they'd say, I'm bored. I'm like, what is this bored thing? You know, how could you be bored? There's, I don't even know about the the, the, the universe, you know? So, but um, yeah, I think that's it's a counterpart to design, but I love that. Your design process, can you describe it in a nutshell when you're working with, a, say, a client and how do you interact with them? It's a big question, but your own intimate process on your own individual stuff for oil stained and then when you're working with a client, how do they differ?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think when you work with a client, there's already pre-existing conditions or pre-existing notions or, or something like... You know, they're coming to you because they either like what you do, they've seen something that they like, you know, it's it's usually there's some idea uh, of what you want. I think with Oil Stain Lab, I mean, basically it's my brother and I, we can do whatever we want, you know, and that is also terrifying because when we start a new project, the scope is so big and we could we could flip everything completely on itself and, you know... Do an electric bicycle, or we could go do a plane, or you know, whatever. Um, you know, I think we've we've talked about in person like before. For oil, Stain loud, the most important thing is that no one can copy easily what we do. Like that's our that. one filter. You know, yeah. um, partially because we've been copied so many times, but um, <laughs> that's 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 our new filter. Just like screw you, you're not going to copy us. Um, we're going to go so far. We're going to build something so crazy.
1: That? How do you even approach that? Because I mean, that is that is. I mean, I I know of some things that most people don't know, but the, the what I've seen and what I've understood and experienced, like, yeah, it's different. So, but how do you even approach that? Because that's a big ask of yourselves. Uh, you can't be replicated, or we. This is only good if it cannot be replicated, or if it can't be, um, taken from us basically (laughs) which is a tall ask i mean
0: yeah i i I think for us uh you know first it starts basically basically with like a a really good story right so we build a story around all our projects um a concept a universe you know we design all the people around it you know we we you could make a movie about it but we don't make movies we're not as talented as (laughs) as you we just make cars (laughs) but uh
1: they're both dark arts <laughs> yeah.
0: but uh yeah so we we build this universe where it exists we we start to think of like okay the technologies and that and there's there's a few different ways to like keep people from copying you right one is make it so expensive that no one else can make it right yeah. that's, that's one way to do it people kid. yeah
1: <laughs> or full exactly. countries like what china just did to porsche though, but they can.
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so you can do that you can basically use technology that no one else has access to or or processes that are you know very limited uh that that people know how to use or whatever um you can create shapes that maybe no one knows really how to make or you can just go so crazy and ask a question so silly design a problem so stupid that no one will want to answer it and no one will want to you know, like, why would we do that? So, mm. in many ways, half eleven is like kind of all of those together mm-hmm. in 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 yeah. a way. Um, so, yeah. But even then, it got ripped off once. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, who ripped it off? Ah, uh, we can't. We can't talk about it. We can't talk okay. about it. Okay. <laughs> people, man. Yeah,
1: the world is yeah. filled with that. It's really interesting. I I um, was a guest on. Trick Factory Customs, or are a shop up in Canada. Really nice guys, Tim and Elvis, and they brought mm-hmm. me on to talk about that exact concept of online. When you release something, then people just take it and not give um, authorship. And um, I, they asked me like, and then like uh, they asked me, and then I did the, the interview maybe like a week past that. So they asked me that question, and at first I wanted you know the anger, right? And then the other part of me was like. Huh? Maybe I need to come at this like very holistically and more spiritually. And I was just talking about when you live in an ecosystem that we we live in. We thrive in an ecosystem that is vibrant. It's abundant. We want Porsche to compete with Ferrari. We want Ferrari to compete with BMW. We want all this competition. We want Ford to get better. You want the best company to rise. That's why the best companies rise, and it's like it's to be celebrated. It's great. And mm-hmm. when you are not contributing, if you're just taking, then holistically and idealistically what you're doing is you're just you're you're muddying the thing that you love the most which is you're not contributing you're just taking and if all you're doing is taking then you're really not a part of this ecosystem if you're not a part of this ecosystem well then you're just kind of dead trash you know (laughs) and i see a lot of that and i think a lot of people just don't understand that there's i think that maybe it's this like cognitive dissonance that happens where people just think that there's this abstraction, or Elon Musk is the thing that's the evil thing. Right? They don't understand that there's actually thousands and thousands and thousands of trillions of moving pieces, of global economies, all these things that are happening um, that make this very complicated. And um, mm-hmm. just taking from one another is not actually the solution. It's actually working with one another. And that was one thing I I gleaned a lot from our last conversation that we talked. I realized like it was a big inspiration to me because i was like wow like your your openness and willingness to share and and and, and want to take others for the ride is fucking cool man because sometimes i i think i have the my instincts is like nah it's mine you know like ah, well, this is my precious <laughs> then you realize like okay i don't, I don't want to share this with everybody but i want to share this with the right people at the right time and then us to thrive in that space and that's a did that did that come naturally to you or is this is something that you grew that you grew to understand that this is what is going to make you better to share to share the journey
0: yeah i mean it's it comes naturally between my brother and i and i mm-hmm. think that's how we're able to improve so quickly and that's where we don't have a lot of we're fiercely competitive against each other fiercely but uh
1: <laughs> um, in a healthy way we,
0: yes healthy sometimes slightly unhealthy but you know everyone (laughs) has their moments um but generally speaking uh it's it's pretty pretty smooth uh sailing um (laughs) but uh i think yeah so i learned like in art center occasionally way back at art center a little anecdote but uh the university um i would occasionally sandbag uh for a before a final. So no one knew how good my final would be like in two weeks or whatever. And what do you mean by stand back? Very, you just
1: hide it and then come in hard? Yeah. You
0: just you wouldn't show your best work. You'd be like, oh yeah, I don't know. I'm so behind schedule, you know, and, <laughs> and sort of this. Mind This games? idea that, yeah, kind of, you know. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, it's evil. Because, <laughs> you know,
0: your whole point in art center at least the way I understood it when I was going to university. And again, I'm different now, but was basically to beat everybody so I could get a job because I have students. I'm, I'm Canadian. It's very hard for me to get a job in the U S like I need to basically kick everyone's ass. Right. Um, so (laughs) that was the, that was, that was the mentality. Right. And it was, it worked really, really well. Then you work on a
1: car company. burns
0: up fast. Yeah. You work at a car company and there you're basically competing against each other to get a promotion, to get a job or whatever. Right. So you're still competitive. Then you go to a startup and you realize, holy shit, we're not competing against each other. We're actually all trying to rise and survive. Uh, Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And totally different dynamic. Yeah.
0: That's when it clicks that like the greater good here is more important. And, 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 so that's now our approach is basically, you know, with half 11, hopefully we've inspired some kids to go chase their dream, to be a car designer, to build yeah. their own car, to be sure. an artist, to do something different, right? Yeah. Um, and that'll make the world more interesting and make the world more beautiful. And hopefully they can then inspire us because we've certainly taken, like when you're learning, you're taking, right? That's all it's, you're doing.
1: It's, you're absorbing.
0: It's the only yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So we've taken. Cool. So it's it's hopefully we can give back a fraction of what we've taken basically, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I always say it's, it's good to take, it's fine to take, but when you're taking for profit, that's a problem. You know, that's the way I look at it (laughs) because you're taking out of that person's existence and you're removing them from the equation um, and you're circumventing them, which is a problem, you know? So there's just an ethical way to go about it. But yeah, I love that. I love the idea that there's that competition because I felt that competition deep when I started my career too. I was like, I have a year to turn myself into this beast, and I'm going to go fucking all in. And I don't, nobody's in my way. I'm going all in. And that turns you into a monster, but I, I equate it almost to like an F1 engine or a top fuel engine It can only do a couple runs and then it's done. And you got to rebuild yeah. it, and it can, and, and that, and it doesn't last. So as I think as you get older, you're like, oh, I want like this, I want this old, like, I want to like a, of uh, you know a, a good engine that lasts longer, <laughs> that will that'll take me cross country and get me more experiences, and I can, you know, put people in the back and and, and so I I mean again a lot of, as a car person I connect almost everything to cars, which is very annoying if you're not a car person. So those are listening, but <laughs> the fuel of competition is wonderful. I think there's a time and a place, but that's cool that you guys had to switch that dynamic, that engineering d- dynamic of I'm against you, I'm battling you to why don't we just all rise together which is um yeah it is quite beautiful yeah something that, that that um that I think is is quite lost on on humanity at large in a lot of ways too um but it's something that yeah I guess when you're maybe you could speak to this too is like when you're in the competitive fuel stage it's almost like this it's like fight or flight mode and do you regret the, the that part of your life or do you feel like it was necessary?
0: No, I don't. I mean it it taught me so many things of, of first of all how far you could push your body, your mind, everything. I mean, there was a time at Art Center, I think we stayed up like three or four nights in a row just working, right? just because yeah. the other guy's doing it. And uh yeah. <laughs> no, I I don't. I mean I don't regret it. Sometimes I, I, I miss it a little bit because I've for sure mellowed out. Um but you know, I, I I think you know it's a terrible thing to say, but like World War II advanced so many technologies and everything, right? Oh, and massive. under great stress, under great stress, there is great progress sometimes made, right? And you need to find a way. And I think, yeah, I mean, without being overly dramatic, but yeah, Art Center is definitely like a boot camp, you know, mm-hmm. for for car designers and the yeah. the strongest for all, survive the all the all
1: the artists that came through there, yeah,
0: yeah, they... and and so that's that's what it is, you know.
1: <laughs> that was the ethos of that school. I had not gone there. I used to go, one of my um, professors, he was a, Chris Polans. he was a, an instructor at um, a college, the, a junior college, that the only thing I could afford, but he would teach at Art Center on the weekends. And he was kind enough, such a sweet guy, he would take me with him. And I would sit in on his classes and check the campus out. And I was like, as a poor kid that was on his own, at a very early age, I left about the same time as you. I was like, man, um, this is, I want this, but then I'm like, now I got to beat all those people that are in that system outside of the system. So how the fuck yeah. am I going to do that? I'm going to work harder than that. <laughs> but then it catches up to yeah. you, yeah, and it ruins your health too. Like it really, truly does. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yes. <laughs> it, do not it, recommend.
1: It <laughs> uh, currently, do you do art dates? Do you ever do that? Like what you do now? You know what an art date is. An art Yeah. It's an art date. Sounds badass, huh? Got an app. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you just do a swipe up and a swipe right. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, basically, in our date, my friend Clinton introduced me to this this concept, this woman that made this book. But um, I've been doing them recently. It's been helping me a lot. Keep sharp. But it's like, it's a date that you set with yourself and just doing art for the sake of art. There's nothing attached to it, there's no strings. And what I've realized for myself, and probably you'll realize it as well, is like it just brings out that child again, that child that just wants to play, that's just curious, wants to have fun because it's so easy, you get so convoluted with NDAs mm-hmm. and taxes and client requests and blah, 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 and your mm-hmm. your fucking brain is just like, dude, enough of this, but um, an art date's awesome, yeah. And you could do it with friends or solo, and it could be something as simple as I'm gonna sit on that beanbag for like three hours and just draw and listen to tunes mm-hmm. and be like, I can turn everything else off, you know? Yeah, it's pretty cool, <laughs> it's a cool concept
0: that sounds uh sounds great yeah probably beats my uh mental breakdowns now uh, where i just go sit in a corner for three hours yeah it could be more
1: how often do those <laughs> happen true. those happen regularly oh, yeah. <laughs> i get them sometimes yeah
0: yeah i mean i think building your own company is one of the yeah. loneliest hardest jobs that you can ever ever do and i think no one You're can ever prepare you for that uh um, no you know like it, it's so lonely. <laughs> so, uh, and I don't even call like me. people. But, yeah. I'm like a loner myself. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, don't call it's me difficult. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. when these thoughts
1: are compounding and you're feeling, say on the edge of a depression, cause I have cycles of depression, I have elation and I have depression. And it's like, I'm trying to find mm-hmm. the middle. <laughs> like, can I just stay in the middle of this lane? I don't want to be opposing traffic and I don't yeah. want to be on the fast lane. Um, yeah. how, how do you, what pulls you out of those things?
0: Uh, I mean, I think exercise is pretty important. I try and yeah, yeah go for exercise, runs, whatever. Uh, you run? Is that that's actually thing? my yeah. I I, uh, I was doing like hour long jogs, like three or four times a week, and it's that's amazing good. how many cool ideas come into your head. And then oh, after yeah. every run. I got to go like write them all down. I'm like, Oh dude, that'd be so cool. That'd be so cool. Um, so that, that helps and getting some sun helps. Cause you know, we do sit in a dark room basically a long time. Yeah. Um,
1: proper natural vitamin then, D, circadian rhythm too. Yeah.
0: I think what else is, you know, just traveling so much as a kid, um, the monotony and the demands of building your own company, you're you're basically working 24, seven, seven days a week. Like yeah. it's nonstop. Right. So the visual, I, sometimes I just need to change the visuals. You know, I need to go downtown LA and just walk around and see, smell, see different things, um, or go to Vegas, even though I don't like Vegas, but like for people <laughs> watching and visuals, it's, oh, it's yeah. a great place. <laughs>
1: you got to really work for it if you don't like Vegas, which I cannot handle that place. But yeah. Yeah. Or nature. You can mention nature. You didn't mention nature. 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 Yeah. It's even better. Yeah. Weather. yeah. <laughs> or go to the it's beach. Hard around, around the ocean. Stuff, yeah. Yeah, it's true. Because um, you guys are what? Southern LA? You guys by Long Beach or no?
0: Yeah, Long Beach. So yeah, occasionally I'll, yeah. I'll bicycle to the beach. We're like five miles yeah, from the beach. So it's a oh, short, close by short by that, bicycle. close Not too far.
1: Yeah. 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 I need um, to get you into cycling. Yeah. You probably love cycling. Yeah. I'm big into cycling. Yeah, working out is phew, so clutch. So essential. If I don't do it. It's like it's a big problem. Yeah. I get a lot of like testosterone buildup or some anger. I don't know what the deal is. It's a <laughs> big, it's it's a huge uh flaw. <laughs> I did jujitsu yes. for a long time and that was great because at the end of that, you're just like, totally. I'm completely empty. I have nothing else to okay. give to the universe right now. So leave me alone. <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah. But, nice. Yeah. Working out. Yeah. I could do an art and, date though. And, yeah. That'd be cool. Yeah, i can't draw well, but
0: yeah, let's do it
1: <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even have to be that it's like so sometimes i do art dates where i just gonna like um the last one i did was really fun is i took my friend anthony's music is goes by pilot priest and then i took this old mm-hmm. obscure anime and i'm like i'm gonna make him a music video just for fun <laughs> oh, cool. that was my artist date i just did editing i was like this is fucking so nice. much fun and i had there was no strings attached and then I gave it to him as like a basically a gift, and we're like, yeah, cool. All right, see ya. <laughs> it was like a <laughs> nice. it was like a two night art artist date, but like I said, it doesn't have to be anything specific art based. It just oh, yeah. has to be you having fun creating stuff for your own sake as a mm-hmm. child would, you know. Um, Love it because there's so many things. As you mentioned, you're you're a bit of an alien now because you the higher you rise and the more you reach for the sun, the more of an alien you become. You kind of evolve past. So it's really important to be reminded that you're still this human being and you're still this kid and you're still very excited and you're still, I don't know how guys like, uh, you know, uh, these, these gnarly guys, these titans of industry do it. Uh, I I don't even understand. Lots of drugs. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Could be. Probably lots of drugs. Yeah. (laughs) Blood transfusions. I don't know what's happening over there. Yeah. Vampires. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yeah. Silicon Valley. Yeah. Yeah. So right now, you and your brother, if you were to distill down and can explain to somebody what you do often, I'm sure, when you communicate through marketing and all these things, what is oil stained? How would you describe it to a stranger to what you do?
0: Yeah, so, uh, I mean, it's it's evolved a lot over time. Um, I think at its very core, what's remained is that it's not our last name it was always and is always supposed to be basically a creative studio, a creative space, uh, an enabler for other creatives to basically go chase their dreams, right? Or go build something, go go do something different. Um, and it still really fundamentally is that. It's now just become a more serious business. Um, but the whole goal is to basically build community and and inspire people and engage with people to do things together to push the limits to i mean change the world sounds dramatic but like to you know make a little little impact right to to make something that people will will remember or they'll see across the other side of the world and they'll connect with it so it's not even design related it's not really even car related it's more of like a feeling uh I don't know. It's just like anything is possible type thing. That's, that's hopefully what we can kind of come across as, you know,
1: mm. love that blue sky thinking. Is that what it is? Be going to kind of just get yeah. out there and think and be big with it and create a community around that. Yeah. That's cool. If you guys considered doing podcasts or anything like that, be, I'm be on one fun. right now. Well, <laughs> yeah, I know you've been a guest in quite a few, which is great. I was going to ask you is Ilya camera shy, or what's the deal with that? He's actually sick. Oh, okay. Yeah,
0: so I, I've coughed occasionally. He, I basically passed it on to him. So I think he's, he's,
1: sick. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Damn it, you!"
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he lost his voice this morning, so wow, he's just like very forced and yeah. So
1: <laughs> yeah, that's no good. That's a bummer. And how do you keep it fun with all of the seriousness that goes into running a business? Do you have methodologies to keep it fun, and still find that you know? that that flow keeping things done but keeping it fun
0: yeah so i mean i think with any business like you have goals and you have deadlines and you have targets and you have serious things that you need to accomplish to be successful otherwise it's not a business um yeah and we do all need to make money um you know i I don't have a hedge fund that i can rely on or a trust fund or anything um So there's, there's that you need to, you know, know what you're doing, but we make a very conscious effort to, I mean, we love bad ideas. We, we always talk about bad ideas. It's a bad idea until it's a good idea until someone proves that it's a good idea, right? Columbus sailing across the ocean, bad idea. You know, the world was flat at one point that changed. Wait, it's not flat
1: anymore. No, come on, man. That turns back. (laughs) I don't know if you realize the flat, the earth was round and it went back to flat again because YouTubers. I, I blame mid-journey <laughs> mid-journey
0: and <you> know, <laughs> um, yeah perplexity and all these ai tools that just confuse people um, yeah. <laughs> but uh we we very consciously basically make days or times and we get together with a lot of our friends and we just talk about the most ridiculous things the worst ideas oftentimes you know either making fun of society or how funny would society be if it was like this? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, it's like in cars, it's like the bigger your rims are, the cooler your car is. So like, occasionally we'll be like, what if the smaller your rim was like the coolest? Like what if that was the trend? And then we imagine that world, right? (laughs) Uh, So yeah, we, we try and create, I guess these sort of brainstorm or creative sessions where, sometimes something really good comes out of it and you know we can then use that in the business or whatever but if nothing happens then at least we just have some fun um and you know lay some seeds for for future bad ideas let's say
1: (laughs) (laughs) i like that do you make time to read are you a reader or listen to books
0: Recently, I haven't. Yeah. Since I've started building, like when I was a kid, I'd I'd rip through like a thousand page book in a week. um, Avid. Voracious. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm a very quick reader Mm -hmm. because of that. I have pretty good skill of that. So the most recent thing I I read, I'm reading a lot of financial books, um, Mm -hmm. investment books, just because that's what I I need right now. The knowledge. (laughs) Yeah. Build your knowledge base.
1: I just got a bunch of cool yeah. ones. I'll send them along to you too. A couple of my friends and nice. suggested them to me.
0: That stuff goes over my head. Nice. So
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I actually yeah. don't really find them interesting unless I can be explained, like, in like a to a toddler or something. Oh, okay, that's what that is. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> but you have to really grasp yeah. it and saturate. But so investment books. It's,
0: yeah, it's funny. It's like you you think you know English until you read some of that, and you're just like, what? Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. And money but as a thing, I, as a concept, is a fantastically interesting concept, but it is. like, It's okay, a myth, basically, that we be, believe in. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um,
0: but what's interesting, I think, is like, uh, you know, I don't... I mean, yeah, my dad has a PhD in business, but like, it changes the way you think about design. It changes the way you uh, talk to your clients. It changes mm. a lot of things, right? Because everything's yeah. connected. And yeah. just just those new words, they change your perspective. And you start to see also like why certain technologies take off and why certain technologies don't. And you look at the names behind it and it all—it just, it makes the world make a little bit more sense and it makes yeah. no sense, but it adds a little clarity.
1: <laughs> yeah. There's this book called Chip War. Have you read that one? I started that the other day. Really interesting. No. You'll like that one. So it's connected to like Japan, chip wars, the uh, economy, um, all these things, really interesting. I'll, I'll send you some links to things you might like that like these guys Sweet. that introduced me to things that are really fascinating. I love asking about books and what people are reading because oftentimes that's what they're trying to like use to satiate basically <laughs> to, like, fill me in, like, give me some more of this knowledge so I can answer some of these questions and then it just opens up more. I recently got into dieting, not dieting, but like nutrition and I'm like, wow, this thing opens it's to up. the next thing. Like now I'm in like the mitochondria. I'm like, what's happening to this? And sugar's bad. <laughs> Whoa, wow. That's shit. You know, <laughs> oh, <laughs> sleep yeah. is bad. It's like getting good sleep is important. So yeah, there's a book called Why We Sleep. I'm reading that right now. I think it's really good too, which is a problem because I don't sleep enough. But um, your thoughts on AI, really you sick. mentioned AI. I'm curious. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on, on uh, do you follow much of it at all? Do you use it? Do you play with it? Are you interested in it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Where are you at with the, whole AI thing currently. We're talking this is the first month of 2024. We should date it because it changes every week.
0: Yeah, totally. Um I think, you know, I think it's an interesting technology. I mean obviously it has terrible ramifications and humans are great at um creating these nightmare dystopian scenarios, right? Um it -hmm. could also be incredibly positive in, in many ways. Um I don't think right now it's really that threatening to most people i mean we use it to to create sketches or for clients to do quick visualization right um you know whether it's mid-journey or whatever it i don't know i mean i'm just fascinated by it i'm watching it i i do wonder how much of it is hype i do remember that you know we were supposed to have autonomous cars and cars driving around like six years ago and that's never happened so I don't think a lot of the ai right now is real ai um but obviously that battle is probably more on a government stage between like china russia usa Mm -hmm. and that probably has more ramifications there than it really does in daily society i would say
1: (laughs) that's accurate i think that's a yeah because i think it is uh it's a it's an arms race and that you pair that with quantum computing and if you follow and trace any of those things the, the main powers to be china russia united states definitely there's an arms race for whoever owns this new thing is going to be leading the world in the next century basically yeah <laughs> yeah and we're we're up like we're, we on the ramp yeah
0: yeah it's not like we can stop it like i don't i don't worry about things that i can't like do anything about you know i'm yeah. i'm just like yeah it's happening yeah. either adopt or die
1: <laughs> pretty much yeah i mean that's i guess that's a designer's mind like that's how i look at things too it's like um so because i remember i had a friend he's like something happened politically and he's like you don't know about that you don't watch that i'm like why why would i I'm like well it's this and that i'm like does that make you feel good for being upset about like if you stand at the edge of the ocean and you watch the wave crash it crash and you're upset about them crashing what good does that do you the ocean's gonna do that it's just nature so, and I also mm-hmm. like, I have, I have high hopes personally for AI and, and obviously as I, I agree with you, if you look at really what truly the definition of artificial intelligence, I think we're seeing little winks of it. And obviously as a, as an observer from the public, we're only getting a, a section of what's actually truly happening. So I'm imagining behind closed doors or some interesting things happening. Um, yeah. but, uh, I think that it's still very early for us to see what's happening and I'm hoping that it'll, it'll really help us because our biggest problem as a human as a species is we have lack of perspective and we really don't see things clearly um just due to our lack of cognitive ability (laughs) we just can't grasp the vastness of what it is that we're after and just it's just constantly a problem because we're like oh crap yeah we're here again (laughs) Um, exactly yeah. yeah we put ourselves in this pot again when you're driving the half 11 what are the thoughts that go through your head don't die?
0: (laughs) No thoughts. No No thoughts. There's no thoughts. No thoughts. It's just pure. Yeah. Just pure bliss. It's pure escape. I mean, it's overrated. Like it's overrated the way people describe it, but it's basically probably the only time my brain sort of just shuts off and I'm in just the moment, you know, um, it's similar to like, I used to be a really good skier. Right. And it's like when you're in that, I guess, flow state or whatever you want to call it, you know when your your adrenaline's going, you know that you're responsible for that moment, like you know there's consequences if you screw up, you understand all that, but that's also what makes it so uh engaging and so cool you know it's not like a roller coaster it's it's legit dangerous you could you could die, and then I think there's an appeal to that, you know um a very primal sort of you know, survival state. And yeah, I love it. Um, it's definitely addicting. Um, you know, every, if I don't drive it too long or there's a few days I go by when it's like, you don't get that state and you're just like, damn, I got to get close to death again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I love the extreme nature of that. And I totally relate. That's what I loved about jujitsu. You're basically trying to kill each other and you just go to that extreme for it and then it creates this really interesting flow state that occurs as a byproduct of going to that place and being Mm -hmm. aware and sometimes it's interesting that you use that as a vessel to get clear mind some people can just sit there and breathe and do it i'm so envious of those people Um, (laughs) are you familiar with the uh, author and historian yaval harari you know he he wrote Mm, um, no homo deus and um they're fascinating. Books are really wonderful. His books are, I love them. They're fascinating. But um, yeah, he was saying that he takes like a month out of the year and does a, a silent retreat and then just goes and meditates and breathes. I was like, fuck, man, that's so intense. But he says he's better for that. Yeah. But he said the hardest thing, uh, I think this is on Lex Friedman's podcast, but he said the hardest thing is is the monotony of of the the just the blankness of things and getting past that. <laughs> and the lack of stimulus basically and breaking your brain open and saying no more stimulus i'm going to clean it out and then we're going to come back to a blank slate and we're going to start to let it it's almost like a mental fasting which is really interesting yeah yeah Mm -hmm. are you a new year's resolution kind of person do you do this kind of thing do you focus on the years or do you just roll everything into the next thing no yeah i don't
0: i don't really do resolutions i mean i i try and do that like every month or every week or whatever, you know, I'm constantly trying to fix things, make things better or whatever. So yeah, new year's is just a day for me to look back on the year, see what we accomplished and get excited for, you know, drink some cheap champagne and get excited for the next year.
1: (laughs) Do you check in with yourself then? Was this, was 2023 a good year for you?
0: Um, I would say it was a good year. Yeah. I think, uh, looking back at just like the growth, the knowledge, uh, in many ways the 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 risk taking or whatever i think it all generally paid off um and just the connections that we made with with people i think 2023 was a good year for um communication and like just no matter what remembering like that yeah it we live on a planet with people as much as i I'm not a fan of people. Um, (laughs) It's always nice to, yeah, make connections, make connections, you know. You find Um, that you do
1: love certain people, right? You're like, because if you're not a fan of people, I get it. But then you're like, well, I like you. You're not a normal person. You're pretty cool. You're pretty cool too. I guess I do like people. <laughs> hey, we're we I always say we're the normal ones, Ash. We're you <laughs> know, we're the normal ones. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm afraid of but who yeah. isn't normal. Then, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but no, it's just it's so re- life reaffirming to like travel across the world, hmm. and to just be able to talk someone who comes from a totally different life, totally different lifestyle. And, you know, you just talk about the same things and it's like universal. Right. And it's just it's cool to be able to make those connections. And I think that's that's what I see. Yeah. Oil Stain Lab sort of enabling more and more is just building those connections with genuinely the people we want to, you know, it's a bit of a, your own echo chamber. Right. But not that I'm against different opinions. But um, yeah, it's just cool to connect with people. So that, that's yeah. 23 was good.
1: It was good. good. I'm glad to hear that. It sounds like. Sounds like, uh, I mean, from an outside observer, I feel like you guys got put on the map. You put yourself on the map this past year, it felt like, with with all of the exposure that I think that naturally just kind of occurred in this uh, organic abundance, things that I imagine that you're probably like, oh, shit, I didn't think that this would happen, but that happened, and all these doors opened that we had no concept that they would open, but they did anyway, so let's keep going. So that's what it felt yeah. like from afar, which is really cool. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, I just, I put a calendar together earlier this morning, actually, for, for one of our sponsors, and it's just like listing all the events and where we were, and I was like, holy shit, that car did a lot, actually, last year. <laughs> but <laughs> yes, yeah. yeah, it, it was definitely, yeah, I mean, I guess when the car's finished and the roof is on it, like, that was always the, the the vision for that car, so it was cool to also, yeah, complete that. That's, you know, it's been five years in the making, so anyone who's worked on something for five years to finally see it done it's like it's a monkey off your back it's like okay we did it okay but also it's like what's next right yeah. like you're a masochist it's like what's next
1: <laughs> <laughs> i need that death feeling <laughs> yeah, exactly yeah, masochist is, a worth, is, is a perfect term and the word for that actually too which is a, truly what it is yeah it's a problem yeah, i love that though and that's cool i definitely feel that and so for 2024 it's going to be really fun for you guys i'm really excited to see what comes of that and just as a fan of what you guys do, which is really cool. Um, last couple of questions. You mentioned you have a lot going on. You have so many things that are on the move and so many things that are happening. Do you have a system, yep. I had. I found Notion, this is my system I use, but do you have a system that has checks and balances, helps you from not missing appointments or um, trying to like basically funnel efforts into bigger goals? Do you have a system that you use? Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, mostly it's lists, lists, and then... Um, Do you
1: use apps for this, or yeah. is it paper, or
0: I like uh, Post-it notes. I like Post-it
1: notes. You're they're, Post-it notes? Oh, scary. That's yeah. scary. Have you played with Notion yet? <laughs> I haven't played with Notion, no. Yeah, no, I See, gotta they're,
0: show they're, you. they're yes. right
1: here, they're all right here. <laughs> oh my God, get out of here with that. <laughs> it's so scary. But the wind comes in, where the building burns down.
0: It's... <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's true. real it's you know it's a thing that you can't escape you know you can crumple it up but it's like it's still there and it's i don't know there's something about writing i love writing it i love using you. a pen to like yeah, yeah. it's uh um, and then there's nothing more satisfying than just taking a pen and being like done crossed it out crossed it yes. out. yes
1: <laughs> so you do the box then you do a box do you do an x or just a line through it
0: uh, a line, and then if it was particularly stressful, just scribble, just lots and lots of scribble.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so you don't fill it in, like all in the lines. Yeah. <laughs> no, no,
0: just scribble, just scribble.
1: <laughs> so, so your system is: let me get this straight. You like to handwrite post notes, and you randomly put them throughout the office, or is there order? Yeah, for kind
0: of. I mean, we've got a five foot by ten foot table here. Okay. Um, we've also got two whiteboards over here on the right, and. Some of it's on the whiteboard. Some of it's post-it notes. Um, I'm not a very structured person. Like I don't like Excel sheets. I don't like. Mm. I don't like a calendar. Um, oh yeah. Any company I, like where they made me. I, I I don't know. I'm like a chaos. Like I know where everything is. If anyone else came in, it would be chaos. But I'm like, <laughs> now nah, it's over there because it's important. Over here is not important.
1: <laughs> you know. Interesting so the lack of structure makes it better for you you like it that way you like the chaos of it i
0: yeah maybe psychologically it's like less of a, a cage or less of a thing sure. It's just like yeah i'll navigate it you know i'll navigate it
1: <laughs> sure yeah i found that being too structured actually hinders a lot of things but then i found that i go off the the rails quickly if i don't have structure so i'm like fuck where do i live here but yeah um yeah it's I think yeah, you, I imagine you understand and believe in this as well as like design is best when you know the parameters in which you need to solve the problem, you know? Um, so, so you don't even have a calendar or do you follow calendars?
0: No, the only calendar I have calendars. is like when people send me, no, people send me zooms and like, I'll put them on my app just then it'll give me a reminder, but that's it. That Most of the time wow. I don't know what day it is. I don't know what day of the yeah. week it is. You know, sometimes yeah. I'm like, is it Wednesday? Is it Thursday? I have no idea. It drives um, my
1: wife nuts. I always do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Generally, the that's that's what works for me. I don't know. It's uh, it, it makes me feel alive.
1: You know. Okay. Well, it should, because you're like, fuck, what, did I forget something? Where did that post-it note go? <laughs> I'm feeling it alive right now. <laughs> that was an important post-it yeah, note. But, yeah. <laughs> but hey, listen,
0: not everything is important, right? Like, everyone always pretends everything is so important. The reality is, yeah. it's all kind of meaningless, right? And we create all this pressure. Almost all of it is. And like, yeah. you know, and it's just like, honestly, kind of who cares? Like, you know? Um, Truly. So that that also maybe helps a little bit um but yes there's there is pressure
1: (laughs) yeah i mean that's a beautiful way of looking at it but at the same time it's it's kind of like what you do to i imagine that's what i say to quell my emotions down But i go like but but i care and it's important to me and then but then yeah it's funny my wife like humbles me she's like no one cares and no one's gonna remember so don't worry about it i'm like oh fuck man well then why am i doing it in the first place (laughs) you're like okay because it makes me happy and that's why
0: yeah yeah yeah. yeah i mean i've had a, a few crazy moments like like one time i nearly lost my eyesight because i had a chemical spill like in my eyes right and okay. that like changed my my perspective on a lot of things and it's just wow. like yeah i mean we could be a few hours late whatever you know yeah. like we'll get it done i'm usually on time i'm very hard on myself for deadlines and everything but good. it's also like you know it's life man it's messy
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I like that. I mean, it's important when it comes to business. It's pretty black and white, cutthroat, get it done kind of thing. But okay, right. last question, and we didn't even get in there. You've lived many lives in your young life. It's pretty crazy. Well, we're kind of similar in age, not super close, but what? How old are you now? Uh, I am about to turn thirty-six. Yeah, so we're just four years apart. Not too far. But you've done so many things and, and you started so early, you guys, both of you, but you guys started so early and have done so many different things. We didn't even touch on a lot of these things and perhaps another time we could do it together and maybe in a physical space we'd do it, another one. But um, 2024 is coming and you mentioned yep. that you don't really, I I know you plan a little bit, you have to. Is there a projection <laughs> that if we had a conversation in 2025 same time you would hope that would be one of these things got accomplished is there something that you want to put out there in the universe be like activate
0: yeah absolutely i think uh i kind of posted this on my instagram story it just came to me at this weird moment uh and it was around new year's day so some people thought it was a resolution but it wasn't It, it was basically the promise to build something with no compromise with no excuses Basically, we always have an excuse. Oh, we didn't have that technology. Oh, we didn't have the money. Oh, we didn't have the time. We didn't have something, right? Sure. So the goal for 24 is to build something that genuinely can look in the mirror and say, that's as good as it could have possibly been. And that's it. That's that's the one thing I want for 24.
1: Wow. <laughs> that's a freaking huge task and beautiful too. And I love it. And that's going to be inspiring <laughs> to all the rest of us who live in a compromise world that use compromise as a fuel to just, say it's okay um that's bullshit and i think that a lot Good of enough. us are lying to ourselves <laughs> we all do it we all say uh and then we don't realize that that just becomes a norm and our brain just accepts these things but i love that you lead the way man and and um i'm right here cheering for you guys because that's cool yeah <laughs>
0: hey, uh, yeah we uh, uh what do i say shoot for the stars land on the moon you know <laughs> <laughs> dope <laughs>
1: Dude, so they, got off the planet <laughs> yeah yeah you escaped the velocity slightly so he got a slingshot out but yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, i love it thank you so much for taking the time and sharing yourself and your story and 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 your awesome energy and what you do with everybody and it's really cool and i'm, I'm obviously a big fan super excited to see what you guys make next in this next 2024 20, as you told me and I'm aware of your ability, it's gonna be something spectacular. So I'm very excited about that. And I'm so stoked that we did this time capsule now we can look back on this conversation years from now and oh remember <laughs> that that was interesting. Like what happened? Oh shit, that's crazy. <laughs> that's the hope at least. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Love it, man. No, thanks for having me on. I mean always a pleasure talking with you. It's cool. Uh very intellectual. Love it. And uh yeah I wish I wish you the best in twenty four too. Yeah. And uh nice. Who knows maybe our our paths will will cross in 24 a That'd little bit nice. more so that's, that's fingers crossed yeah
1: yeah <laughs> absolutely thanks man awesome